This is Isolation Cast. Welcome back to Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. I've got three really awesome guests today that I'm so excited for you all to meet. So let's just jump in and welcome. I have Ash Blodgett, Rose Meza, and Pat Edwards. Everyone, welcome to the show. Hey. Hi. Thank you. So before this was about what everyone's doing in quarantine is we have to be inside, but we're getting out a little bit. We're in month. I've lost, I've lost track at this point. Um, I'm sure people at home, my, my listeners in New York are still counting down the days and uh, a lot of my friends out on the West coast as well. Um, But I like to kind of see What's everyone doing? How are you all doing? A little, a little <laughs> check in with everybody, because uh, I feel like we, oh. we've also hit a point where. Should we start with Pat? <laughs> uh, yeah, we really start He's with Pat. He's already laughing. I am <laughs> great, Maddie. I'm awesome. I got some extra rasp in my voice, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Rasp Club. Welcome, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pat. Why are we? Why are we joking with you a little bit about? Uh, oh yeah, I just listener. Uh, as of us recording this, I just recovered from covid my wife and i got it got it from my parents wasn't fun it sucks uh big surprise there (laughs) but i'm very very fortunate we're feeling good we're healthy you're doing better than ever right better yeah better than than ever ever. definitely ever better than ever (laughs) yes best you felt in 20 years right (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i mean now that the i kind of because i had it's like this might be the longest i've gone without (laughs) a drink (laughs) oh yes well that's the perfect segue into mine is i might have partied for halloween a little too hard and i still feel like i'm recovering from that well that's something i've learned in my 30s i don't really drink anymore but i I hit that midpoint in my 30s and every time i'll be like i'm good i can still drink and then like three days later i'm like what yeah yeah well on top of that like my boyfriend and I don't drink that much anymore, and we like mm-hmm. basically celebrated Halloween for three days and just drank. Oh and then God. Sunday was like the time change, which fucked me up even more. And yeah, so I feel like I'm still recovering. Oh my God. No, in, in non pandemic times, my wife and I, we call it like our quarterly, like, uh binge where we'll have like we'll have a, <laughs> we'll do something we've got small kids we'll have like a babysitter now we used to go on dates a lot but like like low-key stuff dinner movie we're home by like 10 30 or something like that right mm-hmm. but we say like once a quarter it's almost like a, every three months we'll have some kind of night with we, we did obviously before pandemic with couples friends and it's one of those like to two or two thirty a.m type things oh, wow. getting home yeah and and then we're, we're like okay we're good for like three months yeah doing that again <laughs> no you're gonna hurt the next day but you're like it's worth it this one time yeah. <laughs> i thought about you rose i was like there's no way i could do this and have a child when i was destroyed on sunday i was like i don't know yeah. what i would that's, do that's the that's thing the worst. there's yeah. nothing they stopping don't know us what I, yeah but <laughs> There's nothing stopping us from staying up late and drinking late, but you you have a you living alarm clock. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've got you've got a, a flesh and blood mm-hmm. alarm clock that's that's gonna be getting getting you up at like six thirty seven the next morning. You. So yep, and you love uh, them so you love them so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like twitches. <laughs> Rose, how about you? How have you been doing through all of this? Oh man, yeah, I aim. You know, just trying to hold it together and. um 
I have a almost one and a half year old daughter. So when this first hit, she was like 10 months old and my husband and I were both trying to work from home and it was interesting. (laughs) It was, uh, it's so funny because the only thing I can like equate it to was like during pregnancy, it's so bad that like, you can't even remember parts of your life. Like there's actually some science behind like you literally forget things so that you like, I swear it's like a evolutionary thing so that you, you will like be like, yeah, I could have a kid again. And I feel like that time in like March and April is so similar to like when I was pregnant. Like I'm like, Jay, I know it happened, but like, what? Like it just, I can't remember, like I can, but it just like, it was like so blurry. Um, it probably didn't help that we were also drinking a lot then too. And then when you're hungover and you've got a baby crying at like 630, you know, just not good. But yeah, yeah. I was already freaking out at like 5 p.m. last night too. I was like, I uh, what is it? And my husband's like, it's, you know, it's just like it's normal. Like, you know, you could forget. Don't even look at the clock. And I'm like, you don't understand. It's already like happening. Like I'm already getting anxiety <laughs> day one. So, you know, that's how I'm holding up right now. But so great. I think what's interesting is when when I first came to the show, we were like literally days in to kind of everybody sheltering in place. And so we're past the point of people living with Netflix for 18 hours a day and Tiger King and Animal Crossing. Um, oh, my God. Which, Tiger King. Tiger which King. seems like does it not seem like it was a thousand years ago and yesterday all at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. I think I saw yeah. a meme earlier where everybody, where it just, it's a, a shot of the bard from Witcher and it just says screaming. And the text above it said, I want everybody to remember that we were all binging the Witcher and had no idea what was about to happen in January, which was only <laughs> 10 months ago. That's right. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we're, we're kind of past that. What in, so we're in different points of health and wellness and really kind of, being forced to live with ourselves and figuring out what we need as people. So I want to ask each of you before we kind of jump into why have you all on the show today, what have you been doing to like find joy or just find some recess with yourself through all of this process? Hmm. A quarantine uh, and slash sheltering in place. And- me working nonstop. I don't know. I don't have a joy, but I honestly <laughs> have just been like working like crazy when I'm not you know, taking care of the kids. Um, set up a million pro. This has been the year of a thousand projects for me. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think the same here. Like the one thing I think that um, I've been trying to kind of do at home is like actually make it more comfortable. And um, so we splurged and got a new fridge a couple months ago. And I swear that not a day goes by where like literally my husband and I will like pass each other and be like, I love that fridge more than life. Like, <laughs> just like I've also named her Sheila. Like this is just, it's getting oh, serious. So it. yeah. like oh, I'm with you. you know, a good we, appliance. Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. We, yeah. Our splurge our was uh, one of a really nice uh, Roomba. Thing and oh, yeah. Wally. oh yeah. good. It's so great. So yeah. good. <laughs> we yeah, just upgraded it, our sound family. system. Yeah, yeah we got we Ooh. got like a Bose speaker because our well our TV broke mid quarantine, like right when it was like you really you know everyone was like don't go outside, <laughs> and we're like what are we gonna do? This is awful. And so we ordered. We were like let's just get the cheapest whatever 
TV and I had this old, this is such a long tangent, but I had this old sound system that must be like 10 years old and it's so old that you couldn't plug it into the new TV. (laughs) And so we were just going off of like horrible, shitty speakers that were like not loud and it wasn't working. I think my boyfriend bought an adapter, but for some reason, like the TV would only go up to a certain level of volume so it was like kind of quiet and you couldn't hear stuff if like people were whispering in the movie it was like i'd have to turn on subtitles so we just upgraded that and we have the same reaction rose where we look at each other and we're like this is so worth the money thank god finally <laughs> yeah finally we can yeah. hear things on tv it's huh. it's one of those things where I always feel like it's a punchline in a movie or television, but I really, when I hit my 30s, I started appreciating, like the other day I had a friend uh, agree to go to Ikea with me, and it's probably been the first time I've been in an Ikea in a very long time. Because oh, uh, when, when I lived in New York, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to go all the way out to Brooklyn and need to take a cab back, and mm-hmm. what if I need to buy a bed and a desk and I have to pay hundreds of shipping, I'm just going to have it shipped to my apartment. And so we went and I just kept going, oh, I want a little apartment. This would be so cute. This would be perfect for London. And I just moved. We were talking about it before uh, we got everybody on. And one of the biggest things, a friend was like, how are the appliances? I went, they're new. The washer and dryer, <laughs> new. Dishwasher, new. And my friend was like, well, that's what you're excited about? And I was like, yes. yes. I have yeah, a working yeah. washer and dryer that is not, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to ruin my clothes because they are expensive and I, I don't want to replace them again because I don't want to go jean like, shopping. Yes. <laughs> You're like, give it a couple years and you'll understand, okay? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes, yes, oh. yes. Go ahead, Speaking Ash, of what, like what the most adult thing that you could be excited about, one thing we did buy during quarantine, I feel like this has gone down the like being an adult and excited about appliances <laughs> tangent, but... We like we have we live in this like weird compound where there's like four units. We're a townhouse and then there's a house in the front that has two. It's been divided into two. And so there's a laundry room. But because of COVID, we're like, hey, we don't really want to use the joint laundry room anymore. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it (laughs) would like you'd have to run the dryer three times just to get your clothes dry. I was like, this is a waste of money. Mm -hmm. So we bought a portable washing machine and it's the most exciting thing I've ever purchased (laughs) in my life. If you live in an apartment, I highly recommend it. It's, it's small. It'll fit in like your bathroom and it hooks up to the sink and it even drains itself. It's amazing. It's so amazing. That's like the best hundred dollars I've ever spent. Yeah, My sibling had one in undergrad and I was like, Oh, this is way cool because our laundry mat was right across the street. But I was like, I don't. Who's got who? Yeah, who the arts has four time. and a half hours to just go sit and wait for laundry. Not me. And no. like, as a tall human who is painfully tall, the wrong <laughs> one wrong dryer setting ruins twenty five shirts. So like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just a thing. So it's it's those little everyone younger out there listening. You're gonna get there one day, and you're gonna realize. <laughs> just wait. Chips weight and it, but it's you know what? Those are the things where I go, mm, I love that. I'm, mm-hmm. mm, it's just so. Whereas <laughs> the other yes. day, actually, I did the same thing. I needed to get speakers because I was like, I have a record player, but the speakers built in are just so terrible. I went to four <laughs> different stores until I was like, mm, my my vintage David Bowie and Elton John are going to sound the best on these speakers. <laughs> <laughs> and then you adjusted um, your monocle and. And top hat. <laughs> I, of course, you know, I'm a fat, fat, fat uh, Monopoly man over here. 
<laughs> so uh, both Rose and Pat, you brought up that this has been the year of a thousand projects. I feel like I've done the same thing because I am notorious for being a procrastinator and being like, let's do these things and then not having any, any follow through um, on it. But we're all on today to talk about something that I think is very exciting. And, and uh, for anyone who doesn't know, and I don't know why you wouldn't know, Ash and Pat are two of the hosts from Let's Rewatch. Uh, on the same network that Dole Open Dreams is on, which is Certain Point of View, and Let's Rewatch is amazing. It's an amazing movie Aww, podcast. Thank um, you. And so you all have been kind of filling us in tangentially on our podcaster mm -hmm. chat, uh, but you all have made a movie during all of this, which I we think did. is amazing, <laughs> uh, especially because, like, Primetime TV just started for everybody else who doesn't think about the arts as Broadway sitting here going, please let us reopen. And, mm -hmm. you know, the film industry is like, well, you can do scenes of three people and no more. Uh, but there you go. You can do a whole season, right? Uh, so it, your movie is called Joining Call. So I want to just jump in and let's talk about it. Where did the spark of inspiration come from for this project? I'll, I'll give that to uh, Pat. That's a okay. Pat question. <laughs> um, uh, so Ash and I, we were ever text like the, uh, with Brett and Sam, our group text of like, let's rewatch. And, um, the, I feel like the way I'm remembering it was Ash had made a comment either during a recording of one of our episodes or in the group chat. That, that doesn't sound like got, me. <laughs> <laughs> but I made a comment about how like, ah, uh, this sucks because of like when everything shut down and everyone, you know, when the lockdown at the beginning of this five years ago um <laughs> it feels like but uh that oh she had this film she was going to make and that's been basically mm. shelved indefinitely with rose actually yes yeah mm -hmm. and so and then i like to give myself little challenges like writing exercises and then in my head my wheel started spinning i was like what is something that could be shot in quarantine over a video call like a group video chat call so then I was texting with Ash about like ideas and stuff like that back and forth. And then it didn't take long for me to honestly just like slam out a first draft of the script. I think it was within like a yeah, week or two or something like long. that. Like we had a. Maybe yeah. even less. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, really liked it. Ash had amazing feedback and thought and notes. And we fleshed it out and then um, got to a point where uh, she's like, we're, we're going to make this thing. We're going to work. Yeah, we're going to do this. First thing we need is we're going to need help coordinating this. We need a producer. So he's like, I know the perfect person. We do. So, <laughs> and then that's brought Rose in. Rope yeah. Rose on <laughs> in. <the> scene. Let <laughs> me say, well, in entertainment and arts, it's the smallest community. It's the smallest, largest community around. And you always know somebody. Uh, I love that. So. Let's break down without giving too many plot points away. What's the yeah. elevator speed? What's the what's your elevator spiel for for the for the film? Yeah, it's it's literally a group of eight friends trying to play a game of D D and D. They're trying to start over a video call through a video call, and life keeps getting in the way. I love that mm -hmm. quarantine life yeah. specifically. We got technical issues. We've got. Um, couples at each other's throats. We have children. People drinking. That's a big one. People yeah. are uh, drinking too much. Away. <laughs> As we were already talking about, clearly I am a certain character in this film. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's interesting because I think just from watching my social media, more people than ever have been like, 
Uh, I kind of want to play Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. Does anybody like want to do a Zoom D and D? And I was like, oh, Aww. so like this is a. It's a. The more I see about the movie, I go, oh, this is so many people I know. So I mm-hmm. love that. So Ash, you and I talked about when you were on Dole Up and Dreams talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, you kind of mm-hmm. talked about how you and Pat, when you were developing a lot of these characters you were building the the person the the being of who they are as a personality without shoehorning them in necessarily into like predisposing a gender yeah. and an age and these things and and which i think sexual preference I, yeah and so for me mm-hmm. a lot of times when i watch a film i go oh they built they built quirky characters in hollywood films but they're never fleshed out people what uh can you Talk a little bit more about that and talk kind about of that. yeah, talk about like why you and you and Pat decided to go kind of that way when building this group of people. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was really Pat who wrote the script in this incredible way where he didn't give any names to any characters, gender, race, sexual preference, you know, anything. He just gave them numbers, and so the characters were just numbers with you know the personality traits that came through with their dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that gave us this like incredible flexibility in casting because these characters could be anybody. So the couple character, you know, doesn't have to be a straight couple. It's not written that way. It could be a lesbian couple, which is what we ended up casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of quarantine, because, you know, already we had the the difficulty of having to cast people who already had equipment, you know, mm-hmm. like some equipment mm-hmm. to shoot and uh, record themselves themselves. Um, so that limited it a little bit. So because of that, it freed us up to find people that, you know, from all different places. We really tried to, I think, break the mold of what the D&D characters were. Um, and then the actors also were able to come in and embrace those characters and make them their own and add stuff to them because they they weren't already like a defined, like this character looks like this and it is this person. They were kind of able to play on that. So like um, Brandon Hertzenberg's character, Bryn, he decided to make him like a guy from Texas. So he has like a Texas accent and he's kind of a country boy, which kind of breaks the mold of normal D&D characters. And oh, yeah. Zoe's character, uh, Tara Jane plays Zoe. Uh, her character is the drunk character, but she sort of approached her like, she was like, I think she's like crystals and white claw. It's like what she <laughs> like embodied her character to be. I know it's so good. Oh, great. There's actually That's a so sign good. behind her. Yeah. She has like one of those little signs where you can put in your own letters and it actually says mm-hmm. crystals and white claw. And I didn't notice it until honestly recently. And it's so great. <laughs> Um, my mom, my, sorry to interrupt, but my mom no, no, texted no. me like two days ago, just what is a white claw? And how to like <laughs> take a picture of it and send it to you. Cause I was like, so funny. <laughs> I was like, so oh great. God, mom. Well, Google. Well, mom, it's right, a, it's going. a malt liquor beverage that has been in the vicinity <laughs> of a flavor. <laughs> um, my favorite is hint of hint of lime. So this is going to be kind of a question for both Rose and Ash, because you all have worked together before you were working on a project. Um, And 
How was it approaching directing and producing this aspect of putting together a project where you have to be remote? And so you're having to convey things through a digital medium and not have that kind of face to face. How did that change for you all what you would normally do approaching um, a film project versus how you approached uh, this movie? Do you want to go first? Really? I mean, sure. Um, I, <laughs> first of all, I'm so flattered that Pat and Ash asked me to join in. And I will say that I am not someone who plays D&D. And I love the script. I love the like themes, how things came together. I just saw that this is this community and I loved it. So that was like fun to be able to read and want to be a part of it, but definitely some challenges and and some things you have to work around, um, you know, with everything being via email or zoom meeting, it's just a lot more, you know, paper trail. Um, but you know, at the same time we had everyone sign their contracts ahead of time and I wasn't chasing anyone around like day of thinking like, well, I'll just see them on the set and we'll just get it, whatever. So mm-hmm. a lot more of like that prep needed to go into mm-hmm. it. Um, and definitely more, I mean, I know Ash will get more into like the scheduling and prep, but all the, you know, table reads, which were kind of cool that we did them virtually anyways. Um, but also scheduling and having everyone show us their backgrounds and everything like that. And um, on the producer end, I think what I tried to do is think about the things that we were missing out on, like crafty or, um, you know, that feeling of like, you know, you're thanking your actors in person for being there and for their time. And so with Pat and Ash, we came up with this kind of like box of goodies that we could send everyone um, before everything started. And so each person got, you know, a little like, Junk food and (laughs) yeah, thank you basket, thank you card. Um, We sent everyone these little whiteboards so they could slate um, on the camera, and then yeah, so just things like that, trying to like add that experience into it. Um, We sent everyone some some dye, and hopefully, when we uh, preview the the movie, we'll all play D and D together, maybe um, before Mm -hmm. or after, and share that. but yeah, just trying to to get that connection. But also, I think something that was cool as Ash was talking about is that we didn't have as much power over our settings and things like that. So mm-hmm. actors got to bring who they thought the character was to the table. So rather than us be like, well, we've got this set and we've got this thing, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I was kind of thinking she'd be into crystals and White Claw, and mm-hmm. I have this crystal mm-hmm. wall thing that I can put back behind me. And so there was a little bit more of that collaboration baked in mm-hmm. because we had to. <laughs> so I think that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, on the producer end, that was just trying to, to uh, get organized virtually is a little different in some ways. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, all the actors had to, you know, the biggest challenge about this was all the actors had to do their own set design, do their own mm-hmm. costumes, record themselves, light themselves, make sure they're recording good audio, um, you know, all of this on top of acting. And some actors even had to juggle real life children and uh, who are also in the film and um, and some who aren't. And they also <laughs> had to... Um, uh, some actors also had to juggle several props. So the Zoe character... Her gag is she's coming in and out of frame with new drinks 
all the time. Like she's getting up and she's got a new drink and then she puts it down and eventually she has like a, a plethora of drinks in front of her. And uh, so Tara is an actual bartender. And so she knew how to make those drinks look real without alcohol because that'd be insane for her to drink that much alcohol. Like her setup like she had tape out little sections on her desk where she was filming or her table and had all this, this stuff prepped so that she could be mixing drinks and have everything there. And it was pretty crazy. Um, her whole setup, but the other, yeah, the other challenges, the biggest challenges that are completely different, um, and made for, I think, beautiful collaboration and also like frustrating sometimes because I just want to reach through the internet and grab someone's camera and like put the right setting for them. But I have to like walk them through it is walking people through shooting video. And some of our actors were very experienced in it. I'd say like, you know, about half or more, but there were some actors who had never actually shot video before. Luckily everyone was like experienced with recording audio to certain degrees because we have podcasters we had twitch streamers we had youtubers and um and you know uh voiceover actors so they were all they all knew how to record audio but a video of course is like its own challenges and own things and so it was like okay you have this dslr that you maybe have never shot video on before let's walk you through how to shoot video on this dslr um so i had a lot of one-on-one meetings with actors um like that to help walk them through settings we had one-on-one meetings with actors um which i think this was uh, your idea rose to have the meetings with them to like let's look at your location and and figure out like exactly where which scouted. was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah we virtually location scouted with people um and then we had people send test footage in so that i could make sure that all the settings were right uh, and I believe I even I even made like a settings document for everyone because people shot that was vaguely like, OK, here's the settings. But people shot anywhere from iPhones all the way to Canon C100. So there's a, a varying rainbow of footage in this uh, movie. And I mean, I want to I'm, I'm singing I'm going to sing Ash's praises here, too, especially Aww. during like the shooting days. Because, you know, what she's talking about, she was just wish she could just have reached through the camera and done it herself. But she'd like talk people (laughs) having like eight different people on like a call. And then Ash was it was awe inspiring, like watching her work. And she was just so zen and fluid. And it was just like, boom, we're going to pivot here. We're going to pivot to this. I'm going to work with you on this. Okay, I need you to do this, then this, then this. I'm going to walk you through how to get it at the right setting, the right angle and lighting here. No worries. That's okay. Like, oh, I don't think I was recording. No worries. We're going to run it back. We're going to do that take again. And then I'm internally like, ah, screaming. Just like, <laughs> you're just I so just, very chill and just like, yep, good. We got it. We're here. And and I'm on the inside, just like clawing. <laughs> like, Dying. Like, yeah. It's all falling apart. Everything is ruined. Like, <laughs> I just did a live stream with one of the actors on my um, my filmmaking YouTube channel, and we talked about it. And he he didn't realize that he had a memory card that was only eight gigabytes in size. And we're shooting, you know, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, HD footage. <laughs> and so after every take, he would have to stop 
and download the take each time. And he told me how he was like dying inside. And he was like, you were so patient with me. I was freaking out. I thought I was going to ruin the whole shoot. And I was like, was I having a panic attack internally? Of course. But (laughs) I can't show that because as a director, you like you're the captain of the ship, right? You know, you're Mm -hmm. you're whatever mood or vibe you bring to the set everyone else the crew the cast are all going to pick up on it and if you start stressing and panicking that's not setting everyone else up for Mm -hmm. good performances or good work and so as a director you just have to be cool and collected and be like okay because panicking isn't going to help anyone at all (laughs) i think i think you know to back up what patrick said with ash is that you know, most of the time a director has that control over the camera and the yeah, cast and the crew. And we're like all virtually coming <laughs> together. And it was like this crazy like orchestra of things. It was very meta. <laughs> yeah. Because some of the same things that are like problems <laughs> in the script are were also absolutely problems for us. Totally. Um, but I will say that you did better than, you know, uh, our main character and that you kept it together and didn't yeah. lose your shit, which was good. <laughs> like the main character. Yeah. Well, yeah. you all just shut up so we can record <laughs> yeah. this movie. <laughs> well, so, so Ash, what you're telling me is it's not helpful to scream at your crew and actors yeah, uh, to exert Surprise. dominance and, and yeah. get respect. Oh, what a, oh. What an idea. Uh, what so I want to, I'm going to put up, I'm going to put a pin in that for a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> And uh, Pat, this is your—is this your first movie or like first? Because uh, you are, you are an ast- you are a published writer. You uh, just uh, had yeah. a very successful um, uh, Kickstarter for a D and D campaign you wrote uh, called The Red Opera, um, and uh, you have some short stories as well. Uh, but is this your first like movie TV thing that you have worked on? It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. What were some challenges for you as <laughs> short oh, and sweet? <laughs> yeah. What were some challenges just you coming in to working on this stuff structure yeah. of a script in storytelling versus how you would do a, a novel or a short story? Definitely just from like a writing standpoint, because it is a different animal, the you know, like formatting the script and then also what needs to be written down, right? Because mm-hmm. um, like with a novel, that's also it's all you, right? It's all your words and you're, you're responsible for everything. So there are some things that are, were nice about it from a script standpoint, because it's like, I don't have to spend time making sure that this like descriptive paragraph flows well, because it just needs to be <laughs> functional. It just needs to say, right. this is literally what happens in simplest terms. And I don't need to be really descriptive about it. It's more about like the dialogue and stage direction. Um, so that part's, a little bit easier but then what's harder too is again you are limited by the the media you know like what is actually something which i love stuff like that i love challenges mm-hmm. from a writing standpoint i love being giving sort of parameters and not don't just i just don't want a blank slate that's just boring to me give me like a challenge where it's and it's definitely a challenge because everything had to be had to work in this format over doing this video call. Right. So I couldn't just have them literally do anything I wanted them to do. It had to make sense for the medium. Right. And like, if like a joke, like the jokes would have to land in the medium, right. And have to work. So, and and especially like, this is something that it's going to be a very small window on this person. It has to be contained within that window. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it has to make sense. Like, so I, I, it, it's a challenge, but I, th- I, I personally thrive on those types of challenges. I think I do my best work when I'm given a bunch of like, almost like restrictions. And it's like, you have to get creative within those restrictions. I just, I really thrive. I feel like can come alive with stuff like that. So I, I enjoy that part a lot. I love that. That's awesome. I, I, I feel this is a good year to give ourselves challenges and overcome fears and do new things. Cause like, this is a great time to fuck up. <laughs> like you're yeah. going to fuck something up. Now's a great time to just fuck it up and see what happens. Right. Nobody's um, going to remember that you fucked up in 2020. All they're going to yeah. remember is the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> all, all of my students at the end of last semester were like, but what do I do when I go in for a job interview? And they're like, well, why are there no production photos for this production of Macbeth that you uh, recorded? And they were like, what do I tell them? I was like, you tell them it was during COVID and your yeah. production was canceled. Because guess what? There were millions of theater productions canceled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's all bold, the... all caps, 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> yeah. So I think that's. Uh, was there anything that you all found, uh, any of the three of you, that you found freeing that you weren't expecting uh, in this kind of format of storytelling? Was there just something that you found just strangely cathartic or, or wonderful about doing this form of storytelling? I mean, the casting was like, yeah, I feel like we didn't have to worry about like location because we had people spread out across Mm -hmm. the U.S. Mm -hmm. I think also what was really cool uh, was what's freeing about it is like in some ways there's, you know, it's literally just eight shots, right? Or seven, Mm -hmm. I think, because two characters are sharing a frame. And so it's like the same framing for everyone. So ha- finding a way to be to present that creative and not be boring because there's been a lot of, you know, there, everyone has seen the Zoom sketches at this point, you know, yes. everyone's seen mm-hmm. it. Uh so f- it was cool to to find a way to present that in a, like a new and interesting way which the D&D approach gave us. And so mm-hmm. we hired um an After Effects artist, Nick Pasek, who Rose and I have worked with on films before also. Hey, Nick. Um, <laughs> yay, Nick. To make like a whole fake D&D chat interface that they're in. And so we it's made rad. our own custom interface and it's really fun. And I think it adds like the production quality to it so that mm-hmm. you're not just looking at eight people, you know, this the whole time. Like it's a little more interesting. And then we right. also hired this amazing artist michelle kirawaski i think i'm saying her name right i feel like i'm always saying her name wrong let me let me double check but she made these amazing um uh kowaski michelle kowaski i'm so sorry uh she made these amazing um we decided i feel like it was like even sort of like late in the game that i was like wouldn't it be cool if in the ending credits we had um, illustrations, or I think it was even for the poster originally. It wasn't even going to be in the film. Yeah, yeah, I didn't just, for, yeah. yeah. just for the poster. poster. Just for the movie poster, because we couldn't get all the cast together. It was like, well, let's hire Michelle to do these amazing pieces of art of what their D&D characters would look like, because we don't get to see them. And then her artwork right. 
was so phenomenal. Like, honestly, we don't deserve her. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) She like works for like legit studios and stuff now, I think. Um, But like, it was so good that I gave it to the After Effects artist and he incorporated it into this like fake chat interface. And then we incorporate, so they have like a little icon below each of them avatar. of their avatar yeah and then we also incorporated it into the ending credits so that we get to see them all together and then we get to see them each individually when they're credited with their cool D art so um that was really fun because it was like you know kind of like what pat said where it's like okay you have to think about this project in a whole new way instead of shooting footage you know because we can't necessarily shoot i mean we could have probably but all the actors were in like various different states too. Like mm-hmm. one of them's in Chicago, one of them was in Utah. Uh, we had Pennsylvania, California. Like everybody was all over. So it just was physically impossible to get everyone together, or mm-hmm. even for us to go there and shoot footage, which I personally don't think would have been super safe either. So, um, so this was a cool way to be like, well, let's be creative and out of the box and add production value in these other ways. That was fun. I feel like I yeah. talked a really long time. Sorry. <laughs> All good. Well, I, I agree with you, Ash. I think, I think that, um, now we recorded this in the thick of everything. I think mm-hmm. we recorded in June, July. July. The date July. at the beginning of the film is literally the day we recorded. I think Pat wrote oh, funny. in the script July 17th. And I changed yeah. it to July oh 18th in editing because I was like, that really was the day we recorded. Let's just move it up a day. Oh, there we go. There we go. I, yeah. Um, but I, I think that like it was, like I said, it was just in the middle of everything. And to have that to look forward to as, as someone who's creative and feel like even from my home during quarantine, we're able to make this film. And I think that personally that that was really cool. And, um, and it was fun too. You know, my mom actually happened to be like visiting at that time after quarantine on both ends and everything. And so she was with my little one and I had headphones in and I'm like, you know, kind of posting up different areas of the house and, you know, talking occasionally. And then I was also reading lines sometimes. And my mom and uh, my mom said at one point she thought I was talking to her and was like, what about the garden hoses? Like, I was like no, no, I'm just waiting. But, um, but also I think something I appreciate watching the film, which I think is kind of cool. Um, you know, normally when you film a movie, you don't see, unless it's a two shot, you see one character, one character, you know, maybe a wide, it's all what you choose. And of course we do punch in and see two or three people at a time. Um, but there are a lot of group shots and I, as I was watching, just watching different characters, different times, you know, and watching how they react to other yes. things going on. So actually it's kind of cool because every time you watch it, it can be a little bit of a different experience depending on who you're looking at. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, back in the film school days when we, we watched some of those films that were like multiple things happening at once, um, That was like, you know, avant-garde back in the day. But this is something now that's more realistic in real life now Mm -hmm. that we're all living in Zoom. And so it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. as weird to see something like that. But it's also really cool, I think, on the acting end, 
um, to see people's different reactions and have like almost a little bit of a different experience watching each time that you don't get in a regular film. So I I do think that's kind of cool in, in that creative sense. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So for each of you, we've uh, on the theater side of things, I think I've seen hundreds of at this point. I I didn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to roll my eyes at that. But everybody's (laughs) been doing Zoom readings of plays and doing things. And we've got universities trying to figure out how to do a season and regional theaters trying to figure out how to do seasons and how to reintegrate audiences back in. and so I think we are forever. I mean, the playwright of uh, a, a D&D based play called She Kills Monsters rewrote the play in order to work better in Zoom because it takes place in the Aww. 80s. So uh, because it's a very popular play to be done by universities right now. Um, and so how do you think ultimately people creating art and film during this time is going to ultimately affect? the industry when we come back into being able to have live sets and those kinds of things. Wow. What a question. I know that's a very broad (laughs) question, but it is, it is something that a lot of people are talking about because, you know, at this Uh. point, Broadway doesn't know if it's going to reopen until June, which means does national tours go out or, you know, Pose has been dealing with in New York. They've been able to shoot small scenes, but they still can't shoot the ballroom scenes. And that show is about ballroom culture. And, you know, uh, we've had some reality show, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race just filmed two, two seasons back to back in California uh, because they are a non-union. Well, the, they were non-union. I think they are union now. But dealing with how do we start doing things on this scale? How do you all think this is going to positively affect? Um, positively. Oh, okay. Positively. There's a lot of negatives. <laughs> yeah. for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of negatives as well. But are there any uh, yeah. positives that you would like to see come out of this or you think will come out? I will say one thing that, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ash. Oh, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just one thing that comes to mind is that um, Ash and I made another film, uh, gosh, two years ago now, it's crazy. Um, And uh, it was in a film festival at the earlier this year. Um, And normally that film festival takes place in, where was it? Wisconsin? Indiana? It was Gen Con. Illinois? Gen Con, yeah. 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 Indiana. Indiana. So I was like somewhere in those states. Um, yeah. <laughs> in Indiana. And so normally, like, you know, I don't mind traveling and I love going to new places and, and things like that. But one thing that I think was cool is that um, normally in film festivals, there's the times that the movies are showing and then the panels and you kind of choose which one you want to go see and when you're going to go see it. And everything was online. And so everyone could watch all of the videos whenever, or all of the films, um, when they wanted to. And so, um, they were just saying viewership was actually way up, you know, now that it was on demand. Mm -hmm. I don't think that like, you know, it should only be a virtual thing event, but I think adding that virtual, like, I think having the event and then also having that option of everything going on demand and streaming. Mm -hmm. So then people can watch from far away. Um, and also people can, you know, see movies that they couldn't otherwise catch or streaming people in virtually when they're not able to be there. We mm-hmm. did the women's panel um, that I hosted for that, Ash, and that was awesome. And it was cool to have all these women filmmakers from all over just hop on wherever they mm-hmm. are in the middle of whatever and be able to chat with each other. So I do think like those are some of the positives of, um, of filmmaking or on the filmmaking side, you know, uh, but it is hard to see some of the positives too, because it's just mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is in person. And so until we can get back to that, 
know what our, uh, you know, it's just not the same going, watching a play virtually than being in there and feeling that energy for sure. I agree with you. I've had a very hard time with, like, I still haven't even watched Hamilton on Disney plus not because they don't want to, but I, I, it's, it's a weird thing, like in my chest knowing that's like, are we going to get this back? Do I, Mm. am I going to feel kind of gross watching this because you know, it's, it's not the same. And are we focusing on specific things while leaving the other people who do all of the other things we can't do in the room? Are we leaving them out completely? Yeah, totally. I just, so I'm so sorry, Rose. No, I cut you off. It's all good. No, I was just saying I discovered Hades Town like during all of this and like mm-hmm. listened to it like nonstop and then got super depressed because I was like, I can't even go see it. Like, why did I start listening to this? Anyways, sorry, Ash. Well, go I was it. gonna say if it makes you feel better, those tickets nobody can see it anyway, because those tickets are three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why I'll never see Hamilton in real life, probably. <laughs> just too expensive. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I was going to say, uh, along the same lines, you know, the positive, the cool positive part about joining calls specifically having to adapt filmmaking was I got to work with some people that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to work with. So for example, we got to work with Matt Young from the podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. Um, and he lives in Chicago and like, I've, I've known Matt for a bit now, And we've definitely like, we'll run into each other at cons and, and I'll be like, I, you know, I want to work with you. Like I have some ideas, but I was going to do like a, I was going to do, um, a sci-fi podcast for a hot second and then decided not to, but I was like, maybe you could be one of the voices. And we talked about that and it just didn't work out. So the, the cool part about this was getting to work with, you know, people who live in other states like Matt and um, Timmy Morgan, though Timmy would hop on a plane and come down here if I wanted to put him in something. He's that dedicated. But like, you know, Timmy lives in Pennsylvania. And so like, again, it was like being able to work with these people that are far away and um, aren't normally available. And even Natalie and Tara, who are in the film, like Rose and I, the film that we were going to make this year that got put on hold we were right. We had just had like one or two meetings with them talking about casting them as the two female leads in the short. And, um, and they were saying, I don't know, I'm super busy. You know, we have a lot already planned cause they're, um, like full-time YouTubers. Um, and so they do, they do a lot of stuff and they write their own short films and act in them and whatnot. And so they're like, we don't know if we're going to be available. And we're like, okay. Uh, and then the pandemic hit and they were like, well, we're available, (laughs) you know, like, uh, so the cool part was getting to work with these people that normally wouldn't all be in the same room together. Um, and we can virtually bring them together in the same room is really fun. You know, like for Pat, you know, Pat doesn't live in the same state as me and Rose either. So, but Pat was able to virtually be on set, which was cool. Mm -hmm. So I think stuff like that'll be really fun. And then you know, also going off of what Pat said, I think creativity is really sparked out of limitations. And mm-hmm. I think usually like I feel the most inspired by things that are happening in my life and limitations in my life. And that's usually when I want to make art about it. And so mm-hmm. um, I do think people will will continue to find ways to make art. And it, it's just 
an unfortunate limitation, but I think it's a cool limitation. Like I just watched a short film the other day, a horror short made with one actor, one room. It's a six minute horror short about animal crossing. And it's like, who would have thought of that before 2020, (laughs) you know, like making an animal crossing horror short, like (laughs) it's so great. And so I think there's a lot of creativity that'll come out of this, which is cool. I love that. Pat, how about, same question for you, because you cross between podcasting and now yeah. uh, film writing as well as uh, being a writer. What, what, was, what are some things that you could positively see coming out of this for your side of the industry as well? Yeah, for, um, that's a really good question. Uh, positive, because like, as Ash said earlier at the beginning of this, this question was like, it's easy to think of the negatives because we all go there. <laughs> and like, for, for me, mm-hmm. like it's things like book signings are going to cons, right? And selling books, mm-hmm. that's not you know, happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, from a positive standpoint, I think it's just really gotten my creative wheels turning. And like Ash mm-hmm. and I have talked about other projects that we would want to do and work on. We've got like multiple that mm-hmm. we're oh, like yeah. thrown around. Um, we're and like the Leslie things... Nopes of booking up projects. <laughs> I <laughs> can't. Yeah. I, I wrote, I'm working on this thing for a potential, (laughs) like a scripted audio horror, Mm sci-fi horror thing. It's like a limited 10 series audio, you know, would have never thought to do that. Like, and that, and there are, there's, there are networks and studios that Mm -hmm. are looking for stuff like that now, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like the iHearts of the world. Cause they, cause it's something people are, they can still, you can still make an audio, right. Mm -hmm. With actors and things like that. Um, that's easy to, you know, you, you can make well, an, an audio. audio. Yes, an, an audio play or an audio <laughs> medium of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Back in hey, my day, we I had am, audios. <laughs> I am so recovered. Watching years years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's just, you can get really creative. And, and Ash and I, and like this is very ambitious, but like Ash and I have even talked about taking joining call and like could, making a, you could do a, like a series out of it where, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we love the character art so much you could like animate if you could animate that and it's mm-hmm. like so you still have your actors playing themselves and you have real life and they could be having like, a discussion about real life stuff while their characters are going on their adventure yeah though in the D world and it's like you'll have like parallels and then you could have like cut to scenes of them talking on a chat mm-hmm. and then cut to a scene animated scene in like the D world they're playing but um be awesome. So I just think, yeah, it's kind of like going off of Ash. It's, it's it's one of those things where um I just see a lot of potential new directions that things can take. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what those are yet, but I know that there are there's lots of people out there that are getting really, really creative and in, in doing it in new ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see what comes of that. That's awesome. I also think like the interesting thing that I've talked to a couple of people about too. It's just like the threshold for the quality of the content as far as like visual quality, I think has gone down. But I think that that's actually a good thing Mm -hmm. because like all these like talk show hosts and stuff have had to adapt Mm -hmm. and now they're doing what YouTubers have been doing forever. And I think people are starting to look at YouTubers and look at these talk show hosts and starting to realize like 
they're on the same level. The only difference is the quality of the camera. Mm-hmm. And one of them has like thousands of dollars to pay for a crew yep, and everything, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and so I think that's really interesting that like the viewer is, I think more accepting of lower quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that I personally want to make low quality stuff, but like, right. I think, I think that makes the barrier of entry for creativity so much lower now that you mm-hmm. can, make a short film i mean some of our actors shot on iphones and it's totally okay because it's a zoom call and the quality of the footage doesn't have to be great and what you mean is you mean like low production cost like yes low production like you can have top tier the content can be amazing Mm -hmm. and you don't don't have that barrier to entry of i will say though i do appreciate with joining call if you watch it it doesn't look I would never even guess that anyone uses an iPhone. I, I think that yeah, it's just, and there's a couple people that do, but um, I think that the quality of the sound and the video and the way we stage things still says something about like, we did this from home. Everyone used a lot of their own equipment. We didn't even rent anything. You know, we, we did get a couple lights to help out, but worked really hard on this to make it look and sound good and sometimes it just Mm -hmm. takes a little extra time to do that you know even planning with Matt like what hours is the sun (laughs) going to be coming through this window of course there was a thunderstorm the day we filmed in Chicago but (laughs) you know um uh but I think that like I think also just seeing how more attainable I mean even just picking up a nice mic and I don't know that much about Mm -hmm. sound and I did borrow this from someone, but I, you know, plugged it in and figured out how to use it. And I'm like, Ooh, I should record something like, so it's, I think also letting people know that, you know, doing this stuff doesn't have to be out of reach and you can still create quality content too. Um, Totally. Yeah. 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 Just have good audio. That's what's most important. (laughs) I think for anybody that does anything creative now, I think it's super important to think about having a rig uh, with your computer just, and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just needs to be the right thing. But like, we're all doing so much now digitally Mm -hmm. that it's good when it doesn't, this is a weird thing, but RuPaul's Drag Race just did a season 12, like Halloween special. And like one of the queens and they did it from home. It was very cutely done, but like one or two of the queens had no audio support. So it just sounded like it was a booming room and the rest, you could tell they had like a mic that they had bought just to make sure that it worked. Um, Cause the show of course wouldn't send them anything. Cause why would they? Uh, But you know, (laughs) it was, it was that one thing that I could tell the difference between the one girl and the other girl. And I was like, "Mm." and you know, so it's one of those things that I think, seeing people go, oh, we can we can do this, but we need to uh, get the equipment at home. Uh, yeah. So before I ask my last question, where we're doing this because Joining Call is getting a, a, a release very soon, yeah. is it not? Yeah. Where can, when, when is it coming out and where can people uh, pay monies to see it? Oh, I wish people could pay monies to see it. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's yeah, coming monies. out. Yeah, I mean, you can you can send us monies. We will. Have to we can put your Venmo in the in the show. Yeah, set up yeah. a Venmo. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 
Um, it's going to premiere (laughs) on my, um, other YouTube channel, laugh stash TV, uh, on November 20th. And we Mm -hmm. have to pick a time. We haven't picked a time yet. We will, but it'll be a premiere. So it'll like, it's kind of like a live stream basically, Mm -hmm. but it's the pre-recorded content. So we'll be there in the chat hanging out. You can ask us questions while you watch it. Um, so go over to laugh stash and that's stash as in like a stash of laughs, S T A S H TV. You can just Google it. You'll find it. I'm the only laugh stash TV, I think. Um, (laughs) and while you're there, watch the other film that Rose and I did together called zombie dad. Zombie dad. Dad? I love zombie dad. Um, that's amazing. Well, thank you all for being here with me today. Thank you. Uh, but before I let you, of course, yeah. uh, both, uh, Rose, both Ash and Pat know this about me, that I need no excuse to just sit with people and talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before I let you all go, uh, and because this is a very specific, um, project that you all have worked on and, uh, several of my students who are theater film kids, uh, from University of Florida, listen to this. Um, what is necessary? It doesn't. Okay, I'm going to preface this. It doesn't have to be something that from from joining call. But what is um, if each one of you could give one bit of advice for uh, how to kind of keep going right now or or do something creative? What's just one one sentence of advice that you would give? Just a sentence. Well, oh, or or for you know, just a, a little bit. We don't we don't need like, you know, crack yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I for me, like mm-hmm. specifically for someone, if you want from a writing aspect, you know, someone who's trying to write mm-hmm. something, create whatever it is, don't think, just write. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, and this is even before pandemic. I'm very like, if you want to make it, make it. Don't think about it. Don't try to make it perfect the first time. It's a lot easier to fix something that's already mm-hmm. on a page than write it perfect the first time. Right. So just just do it. Don't don't overthink it. Don't be like, oh, I have to be don't be precious with it. Just sit down and do it. Start with a sentence. Mm. Just a, a one start with one sentence a day. And before you know it, you'll be doing pa- paragraphs and pages a day. I think just, that that's advice you gave me before the pandemic too, that like, if you have a goal, a creative goal, no matter what it is, but specifically Pat was talking about right. writing was just do a little bit every day. Cause it's so overwhelming mm-hmm. to be like, Oh, when yeah. am I going to block out time to write mm-hmm. five pages or 10 pages? You know, like, don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Just like, if you have 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes, you know, do something, but, at least something every day. Yeah. The, the little model of no zero days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it's it. Literally, if you write a single word in your Word document, <laughs> you did it for that day. <laughs> a sing, like, you did it. Good for you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And just start with that. And then you'll be surprised at how much you accomplish. Yeah. I think I would say, um, and I feel incredibly lucky and blessed to have found Pat and Rose but I would say, find your group of people. Find your group of people who mm. you mm-hmm. want to work with. Um, and that's not necessarily always like your best friends because, you right. know, sometimes maybe they're not the people who are going to take it as seriously as you mm-hmm. are. Find the people who, <laughs> find the people who are going to like take it actually seriously 
seriously and who are just as dedicated mm-hmm. and passionate about you and are not about you as you <laughs> they're passionate about you too maybe um but like you know i feel so lucky to have found rose um and have made multiple films with her and hopefully we will make multiple more because she's kicks ass and she takes it seriously and and i've worked Aww. with I can't tell you how many producers I've worked with. And Rose was literally the first one who said, what can I do to make your job easier? And I was like, oh, my God, no one has ever asked me that. Thank you so much. When you told me that, that. no one had asked you that. I was like, for shame. What? Like, I know. Because that is feasibly why the producer is there. The producer is to handle things. The director doesn't need to. Listen, we could have a whole other conversation about the bad producers I worked with. Listen, I will bring you both back. We will talk about that. Get rid of that nasty bullshit in the film and uh, film and theater industry. Let's get it out. This is yeah. the time. Yeah. Get them out. Come yeah, burn them out. Let's do it. totally. <laughs> and Rose, Rose is also a phenomenal writer. And so, like, find oh, find thanks. the people that like come to you with like an idea, or you come to them with an idea, and next thing you know, you guys are like developing this like that is my relationship with rose and pat is like they come to me with an idea and next thing you know we've like it's happening you know (laughs) so find those people because those that's how as someone who has done uh, this is way more than one sentence as someone who's done a lot of this stuff all like i've done every part of the Mm -hmm. filmmaking aspect um and you can you can do it yourself don't Mm -hmm. think that you can't but it's so much better when you have other people helping you out, man. Yeah. Because other people are experts in what they do, which means you then don't mm-hmm. need an expert and you know that you can just trust them. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to yeah. add, like, they're going to bring stuff to it mm-hmm. that maybe you never would have thought of that's great. And so develop those, find those good people to work with and hold on to them. You're never getting that. away, Pat and Rose. Yeah. Your mind's alive. <laughs> I'm you're never, this is the new horror. <laughs> <laughs> and Rose, how about you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, piggybacking on, I mean, I think what Ash and Pat said is totally 100% behind that. And um, things that come to mind to me, I just give a couple shout outs. There's a book by Drew Boyd. He's one of the authors I've worked with um, through my job. I love Drew. I don't know if you've worked with him before, but he's my fave. And he wrote this book called Inside the Box. And um, it's more for like business mindset. But honestly, hearing that, like the thinking about innovating in this way, I think you can apply it to everything. And I think we honestly had to do that with this movie is we had to work inside a box, not outside of the box. So it's more about inside of the box thinking and, and having at those limitations and being creative within those limitations rather than like out in space. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So that's like a big piece of advice on my end. And then, um, you know, following through, I think is a huge thing. Um, and, uh, there's another book by Anne Lamott called bird by bird. And she talks about like her brother, a little brother had to do this book report on birds or something. And he was like super overwhelmed. And his dad just sat him down and said, okay, we're going to do this bird by bird. And similar to like writing each day or like, so sometimes when I'm like overwhelmed with stuff, I'm like bird by bird, bird by bird, but it's all her books all about writing. Um, and you know, getting that shitty first draft out, there's literally a paragraph or a a chapter called shitty first draft. Um, (laughs) and so I think those are two really 
good ideas is just really like encapsulating, following through with your creative ideas. I think there's so many people out there who are like, oh, I have this idea for a book or I have this idea for this thing. And then they never do it. Even when I was working with Ash on Zombie Debt, like I was like literally up at night one night and I was like, I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to tell Ash, I have to tell someone because this has to be done. And then Ash, of course, with her like amazingness wooed me in and was like, no, no, you can do this. And I was like, I can do it. So I think, you know, um, and then just Leslie following through energy. And <laughs> you, totally, you Leslie noped me and it was so good. Cause then I literally sat down like, you know, Pat did. And within like two days just wrote the script. Mm-hmm. And of course we changed it. And of course we updated it, but that was the first, the catalyst. So I think honestly, just getting it done and literally like going for it, even if you feel like it's going to be a disaster, I think following through is a huge part of, you know, getting wherever you want to get in life, um, in your career, in your creativity. Um, you don't get anything done if you just sit there. So that's, that's my advice. Great. Totally. I love that. Uh, well, so last thing, where can everybody find you all online where you, where you would like people to find you? And we're going to start with Pat and we'll go Pat Ash and Rose. I'm uh, at the Pat Edwards pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, my website is the Pat Edwards.com. I am at ashes stash. And again, it's S T A S H. I'm sorry. It's confusing. <laughs> if you Google me, I'm the one with a mustache, even though it's spelled different. It's a whole thing. Um, and that's on Twitter at ashes stash. And then on Instagram to make it even more complicated, I'm at moost underscore Ash. So maybe just Google me. Just Google <laughs> my name, Ash Blodgett, with whatever social Your media last you name want. Ash, because and I spelled it wrong before. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's, yeah, the last name's also confusing. No one can ever pronounce it right. It's B-L-O-D-G-E-T-T. But you probably saw that in the podcast notes. Yeah. You can copy a piece from there. Because <laughs> I double checked it three gonna... or four times because I'm always sure I misspell everyone's name. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate that energy because so many people spell my name wrong and it's like eight letters first and last. I'm like, how? How? Right. Exactly. And I, yeah, I am like, including me on the zombie debt poster. <laughs> and Rose is like, um, you spelled my name wrong. I was like, ah, we fixed it. Don't it's worry. Good. It's but all good. You're forgiven. I felt like a monster. <laughs> all good. But I am like so weird about that with like emails. I'm always like double checking, especially if I mm-hmm. notice it's like a differently spelled mm-hmm. name. I'm like, I can't mess this up. Um, but for me, just Rose Meza, M E Z A at LinkedIn. I'm just going to give my LinkedIn one. I need to get like a public yeah. Instagram, but I, I am working on getting rid of my Facebook and Instagram's private right now. So Good for you, um, I yeah, love you know, I'm weird about, yeah. I'm, I'm a weirdo. No, you're not. Uh, Have you no. seen the social dilemma? Yeah. Also, no, <laughs> you're not weird. You are the sane one. Yeah. It's not wrong. <laughs> you literally make things private and just for yourself that is wonderful but thank you all for being on the show with me today i am so excited for joining call on november 20th uh and so i hope we will see all of our listeners there yay thank you so much yeah do you wake up every morning roll over and check your favorite social media feed only finding that you wish you had never looked at all Well, Inklings is here to lift those doldrums during month of November. 
Inklings is a fictional short story podcast that will run daily on weekdays during the month of November from Dreamer Productions, the Dole Up and Dreams podcast, and Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. Let your mind run to its deepest desires in the isolation of imagination. The stories will run two to ten minutes, so take a break for yourself and enjoy Inklings, your daily short story indulgence. You can find Inkling by liking and subscribing the Dollop and Dreams podcast, as well as Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. This has been Isolation Cast Voices from Quarantine. Thanks to Rose, Ash, and Pat for being on today's episode. I hope you all are enjoying Inklings, our new series with Dolph and Dreams, to bring you daily short stories for the month of November. If you're subscribed to Isolation Cast or Dolph and Dreams, wherever you listen to podcasts, it should be downloading daily. You can also check our YouTube for captioned videos that you can share with your hearing impaired friends. Make sure you're checking out our Patreon because we have huge things coming in 2021, including the launch of Saturday Morning Confidential, January 1st, and then the week after we have the Behind the Grid mini-series where we go on a deep dive of the first nine seasons of the Power Rangers franchise. Thanks to everyone who makes this show happen, music from today's episode is from Brett Eagleston from the Let's Rewatch podcast. Now don't forget... Joining Call comes out November 20th. Make sure you have a Google alert set for it and find it wherever you stream movies. It is on Ash's YouTube. Uh, Make sure you follow it there. Don't forget to come back on Monday for a new Inklings that will kick off all of next week, as well as another Isolation Cast episode next weekend featuring one of the stars of Joining Call, Timmy Morgan. Now go out and find your joy.